0: Podcasts are an interesting phenomenon. They have boomed in recent years, and at times like this, they're extremely beneficial for people everywhere to access good information and inspiration. We're not sponsored, and we make no money from the podcast. In fact, we spend at least two full days a week to get this to you. We do it because we love it, and we know that it benefits the industry. So I have a little favor to ask of you, and that is that you rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. By doing that, it helps other people find us, but more importantly, it motivates us to keep producing great content for you. So if you go to Apple Podcasts, scroll to the bottom of the page, select Ratings and Reviews, and write a review, we would be very appreciative. Okay, so let's get on with the show. The only part of these podcasts that I script is the introduction. Sometimes they're easy to write. Other times, you don't know where to start, and that is what it's been like with my guest today. I think that the expression, wears his heart on his sleeve, was invented for this man. He's passionate and driven about everything he does. He leads with an open heart, a sense of honesty and generosity and humility that you don't often come across. I've known him for the best part of 30 years through good times and bad, and I always enjoy talking to him. His name is Emiliano Vitali from eSalon in Sydney, and I spoke to him briefly on an earlier podcast where we discussed coronavirus, and today I really want to get him to talk about his business and the journeys he's had and the lessons that he's learnt along the way. I know that you're going to enjoy his passion and enthusiasm for life, but there is also an awful lot of hard-earned business experience to benefit from as well. In today's podcast, we're going to discuss the importance of building your business around your values, managing salon finances, the importance of community, and some of the life lessons that he's learned along the ways. And lastly, we're going to talk about the Thank You Project, more about that later, and lots more as well. So, without further ado, welcome to the show, Emiliano Vitali.
1: <laughs> Very nice. Wow. Uh, you got me there, didn't you, mate? <laughs> <laughs> thank you for having me. It is an absolute honor, Anthony. It's, um, yeah. Yeah. Well, um, I'm really looking
0: forward to our conversation today. I know that, you know, you've always been an open book and you've got a lot to share with people and it comes from a really good place. And I think, you know, at any time it's beneficial, but uh, I think at the moment, you know, from a leadership role and from someone who you know, is really in touch with his values and the community, et cetera, et cetera. I can't say enough good things about you. So uh, I know that anyone listening to this is going to get a, a lot of benefit from it. So I, I just want to jump straight in and, um, you know, there's a lot of our audience uh, you know, we're now in 50 different countries, which is fantastic uh, for the podcast. Admittedly, in some countries, there's only two people listening to it, but, you know, we're still, we're getting out there into 50 different countries, which is great. So um, I suppose what I'm saying is a lot of people are going to be going, Emiliano Who. So I want you to give us your two-minute backstory because there's a lot of people that know you, but there's going to be a lot of our audience who don't know you. So just give us a, a quick overview
1: of who you are and what your business is all about. Okay. Um I said I asked this question to my wife 15 20 minutes ago. I said, Lise, Lise, come on, Anthony wants me to tell who am I? And you know, who am I? And she turns around and said, Well, you are this kid from the suburbs. He did his apprenticeship with his dad. Had a dream to go to London, spent two years working for two of the best hairdressers that have made the biggest impact on my life and a global impact on the hairdressing community. Come back to Australia with a bigger ego than than when I left, thinking that I was going to set the world on fire. Opened a salon in Double Bay, which for what people would, how do I explain Double Bay, it's like the Beverly Hills of, of Sydney. Uh, left there seven years later, $80,000 in debt, If I, well, the tail was on its way between my legs, but it got stuck halfway between where it's supposed to start and between my legs and um, started all over again. And 20 years later, I'm proud to say I've achieved everything that I've ever set out to achieve, whether it's in business, whether it's doing shows, whether it's doing shows around the world, awards and everything like that. And I say that from a good place, Anthony, not not to show off, but, I look back, I look back at the last, you know, at my career now and and who is Emiliano? Emiliano is just this little Italian kid from the suburbs that had a dream to become a person uh, that honestly, Anthony, I've become the person I've always wanted to become, um, but the experiences along the way were experiences that I never imagined in my wildest dream I would have. And the people that I've met and the friends that I have. And, and to, to give you an idea, one of my closest friends in the world and one of my closest mentors is the person that I thought was the furthest away that I'd never get to. And it's Robert Labetta. The fact that I ring him up whenever I can, whenever I, I, I can. And, and he always puts me in my place. So, you know, who is Emiliano Vitali? That's who he is. A little suburban kid, maybe done well or done good. Good. You certainly have done good, and we'll we'll dig into some more of that. Look, I,
0: I, um, you know, I converse with you regularly, and you told me a story recently, and I'm going to drop you right in it here because I think that this story uh, about you sums up an awful lot of who you are and what you're all about, but. You know, more importantly than that, I, I actually don't want this podcast to be focused all on, you know, COVID-19. Uh, I think we need to find a balance between talking about coronavirus and COVID-19, and we've been doing a lot of that lately, and we need to find a balance with then talking about the future and, you know, optimism and, you know, what the new world's going to be like and, and not just get get stuck in the doom and gloom of, of uh, coronavirus, but... I want you to, if you don't mind, I want you to repeat that story that you told me about the florist and your local community because I think there's so many lessons in there that anybody, no matter who they are, no matter how big or successful their business is or how small their business is or whether they're not even in business, that there are so many messages in there that everyone can learn from. So, uh, I hope you don't mind me putting you on the spot and asking you to share that because I know it's a little bit private, but please.
1: Yeah. Okay. No, I'm happy to share that. Um, well, it all started, what I do, I tend to start my day and end my day in, in meditation and in prayer. And you know, I'll put my headphones on, I play a particular song and, and I just allow my ideas to come out, you know, and um, I get some great ideas. I write it down at night and, and then the next morning i do exactly the same, ear pods on, listen to the music. And if the same idea comes out, I, you know, it's like, okay, that's twice, and if it comes out a third time, then I'll always follow through on this idea. So I'm lying in bed and, and the idea came to me. This was right at the beginning, Anthony, by the way, of, of the when we knew COVID-19 was serious and and it really shifted here in Australia. And um, so I'm lying in bed and I've got an idea. It's like, you know, just buy flowers for everybody in Warringah. And I was like, okay, yeah, buy flowers. And when I'm in that state of meditation, it's great because everything's great, everything's possible, and everything's a great idea, and it comes from the right place. So, yeah, no so, sleep w- so when it.
0: you can, can I jump on that in there? Yeah, when when you say for everybody
1: in Wurunga, what what's Warunga? Uh, yeah. It's, a, it's Wurunga, your suburb, yeah. That's right. It's my yeah. suburb. It's my local. It's my village. So right. buy, fl- buy flowers for everybody in my village or all the businesses in my village. So then I woke up in the morning, earphones on, same song, same process. Same idea, great. I, you know, goosebumps. I'm, 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 you know, it's, I'm gonna do this. Earpods off, jump out of bed, walk to the coffee machine. It's like, dude, who do you think you are? Like, so that's the negativity, you know. We've all got that voice, the good voice and the bad voice. It's like, who do you think you are? You can't do this. You can't do this. So by the time you know, it, it, it takes me all of 20 seconds to walk there. And I'd say I killed the idea off within 10 seconds. Had a shower, then it kept on coming, and it was like, it was really strong. Jump in the car, on the way to work, that's the third thing that that happened. So if it's still there, I follow through with it. And I play the song in the car, driving to work, and it's so strong, and it's like, dude, you have to do this. Got to the salon, got out of the car, I'm walking to the shop, and I'm trying to convince myself not to, like that voice in the head, you know, I'm sure you have it. We all have it. It's like a great idea is only killed by that negative voice, and that negative voice is is you, your enemy, is my enemy. And then I thought, no. Nah. Before, but before I knew it, I was actually standing inside the florist, and it was just one of those things that I just ended up there. And I got there, and we just started talking, and I said, now, how's business? And, you know, this business wasn't so good, and, and I knew it wasn't that good. And I said, oh, I'd like to buy some flowers, please. You know, how much, you know, what, what's a $20 bunch look like? What's a $25 bunch look like? And she, she said, oh, yeah. And I said, she was saying, "No, oh, it's not really that much. And I said, well, I want to buy it for, the whole, for every business in the village. And she sort of looked at me as if to say, well, she just looked at me and she said, like, everybody. And I said, yeah, everybody. She goes, every business. And I said, yeah, I'm, every business in the village. She goes, there's like about 100 businesses. I said, yeah, I want to buy it for a hundred people for everybody. I was, and, and she goes, well, how much do you want to spend? I said, well, just keep it under a certain amount, but if you go over, it doesn't matter. It's just, I want to buy it for everybody. I went back to the salon. I didn't even know what I wanted to write on the card or anything like that. Went back to the salon, started cutting some hair. Things were getting a bit crazy. She ended up coming over. Uh, the, the florist came over, had four full scat page, four A4 pages of all the businesses back to front, she goes, There's 86 businesses here. She goes, So I'm happy to cut out whoever you want. I said, Oh, no, no, we don't want to cut out anybody. Did you get the hairdressers? And she said, Oh, did you want the hairdressers as well? I said, I said, Everybody. I said, Did you get the florist across the road from you as well? And she goes, Okay, yeah, I didn't get that. And I said, And also the ones across the park as well. Anyway, so, Anthony, the idea was like just to bring a little bit of, of, of brightness to everybody's day. What I, mm. what I didn't imagine that was going to happen is, and, and this, is, I promise you, I wouldn't cry. But what, what I didn't imagine would happen is everybody was hurting, yeah. every business was hurting, and I just wanted to let people know that. We're all in it together. I just, it doesn't matter how bad it is, we can, you know, we just want to brighten up your day. And, and that's when I came up with, you know, it was about three hours later when the first lot of flowers had to go out and she said, listen, what, what, what do you want to write on the card? And I, literally, I wrote it out so quickly, but if you, I'd love to read it out to you, Anthony. I wrote, hi, just thought we'd reach out and see if we can brighten up your day a little. We know we are in, in unprecedented territory with an uncertain tomorrow. However, today we want to say we love you. We're thinking of you and praying that our community is filled with peace and love. God bless. And then my family, Emiliano, Samuel and Lisa. But what's happened, Anthony, is the, the amount of people that have come up to me and just not, not, not even necessarily come up to thank me. They've come up and just shared, just opened their hearts, Anthony. Like one lady was saying, I don't know what I'm going to do if, I'm gonna, if I can close, if, I, if they tell me I have to shut down. I just cannot pay. And all of a sudden it was just like all these people were, were, were burying their souls. But the lady that was saying to me, I don't know what I'm going to do, also turned around and said to me, but I'd like to give every one of your team a coffee. And it's just, mm-hmm. so, like, the generosity that came out, the love that came out, the florist came up to me and afterwards and said, thank you so much. She goes, we've just enjoyed this so much that my girl that's delivering the flowers has basically said, you know, every second person that she got was, was crying. And, and, you know, it was, it was just such a, it was, it was one of those things, Anthony, it could have been killed by that negativity in my head. Yeah. You know, and it was one of those things that I just, I guess it's experience as well and, and you know, financially I'm in a position where I could do it even though business was already at 80% what it was and I knew it was only going to get worse because of what was happening around us, but it was just like, you know, if you can bring joy to somebody's life, even if it's just for a moment, even if we can just interrupt somebody's day, somebody's pain, somebody's suffering, if we can interrupt it for a moment and just allow just a glimpse of light inside, you just never know what can happen from that. And, you know, we talk about values, Anthony, and, and that's one of the most important things for me. And, you know, if I can interrupt every now and then and, and interrupt with a little bit of kindness, um, it, it, it's, that's a value that I'd like to teach my children. And, yeah, it's something I'm really proud of, Anthony. I, um, you, you,
0: You should be. I mean, I think that story, uh, I mean, you know, uh, when you told me it the first time, I got a lump in my throat and a tear in my eye and I'll be telling that story to audiences for a long time. And I know that other people listening to this will be as well. And uh, I just think it's an amazing act of humanity. And I think it's also sort of encapsulates so much of what is good about hairdressers. I remember when you told me, you you, you know, uh, when you told me it the first time, there was a couple of things that you said to me, which, uh, or maybe this is how I've interpreted them. No, I think you said them. I'm not going to take any credit for this. You said to me something like, people need to be touched, and that's what hairdressers do is they touch people, but we are not allowed to touch them anymore. But flowers are another way of touching people. And I just thought that was such a beautiful Sentiment to express, and so you know, I, I I just think that that you know, for anyone who's listening to this, if you want to know who Emiliano is, you now know who he is. Um, that's Anthony, sort of I, don't mean
1: to, I, I I don't mean to interrupt, but yeah, I remember what I said to you. Now it's like we're not allowed to touch, we're not allowed to hug, we're not allowed to kiss, but it doesn't stop us from touching hearts. Yeah, and that was what that was. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah. I love it. Sorry, David. No, good on you. So uh, let's let's move on, and
0: we'll both be blubbing messes before we know where (laughs) we are. Um, (laughs) What what that story really does tell me about is about values. And in my capacity as a coach with different salon owners, seminar presenter, whatever, you know, I, I will often be talking to people about culture. And you know, and in their businesses, that there are problems in their businesses, and and often you know those 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 problems sort of revolve around this word culture, and it, it's a, it's quite a um, an all encompassing word to try and explain to people. And how I get them to, to to understand it, I say is look, your culture is a reflection of your values. Your values are who you are. And I think oftentimes hairdressers, when you use words like values and vision statements and mission statements, the, the, their eyes roll back in their head a little bit. And it's like, oh, my God, I've just got a hairdressing salon. I don't need culture and I don't need values. You know, we just all want to have fun and love each other and cut hair. And, and you know, as I point out to them, the businesses that are successful, you know, they have values. They have a defined culture. And that all values means is what's important to you. And I get them to, as an exercise to write down five or six things that might be important to them. And they'll typically write down things like teamwork and professionalism and integrity and respect. And and I think that that's a really good first step in starting to define, you know, what is your culture? Um, And so what you've just done... Encapsulated in that story, so much of that is talking about your values. There were lots of words you dropped in there. You mentioned your family. You mentioned about, you know, love for the, uh, you mentioned about all being in this together. You said integrity. You know, what, talk to us a little bit about the values that you have in your business and how that creates the culture that you have, because you have a very successful. Business and it's not just that you cut and color hair really well and win and enter lots of competitions and awards, etc. It's because you've created a culture and you have really defined values. So, so you know, talk to us about that for a little bit.
1: Yeah, uh, Anthony, it started literally in two thousand in two thousand and six. It was I got very very clear with with what our values were. We took our team away to a, a wine area, um, so about an hour and a half out of Sydney, and it was a wine region, and we took them away for three days. So this is 15, 14 years ago. And part of the exercise was, was we, it was all about defining our core values of who we are as a company. Now, it was an exercise that took about three hours, and I remember when the team walked into the room, I played the song, It's a Beautiful Day um, by U2. That was in 2006, November weekend, 2006. And we walked away from that. And, and just to give you an idea, in 2006, I'd never won an award. I'd, um, I'd never really, I was a nobody, but had these big dreams. and. Um, and hey, no, I was a somebody I just wasn 't really that person just yet, and anyway, that what we walked away from on that weekend that is a, was a living breathing organism that still runs through my company today. Not the only person that 's still working in that salon today from that time is me and it 's really amazing, but it 's the spirit and it 's the it's the contribution that all 13 people that I took away that weekend that still lives in my business. Now, our values have changed, our direction has changed, and it, we've been much more flexible. Like, I, I look at the values, my values have changed in the last four weeks. Like, the fundamental is still there. Like, family still number one. Family was number one 14 years ago, it's still number one today. But what the, this particular time that we're living, and I don't want to harp on about it, but what's got me through this, it's made me revisit my values as a human being. So, and you know, rather than just thinking, okay, what are the values of eSalon? Well, it's, it's pointless trying to figure out what the values of eSalon are if I don't know the values of Emiliano. And if I don't know the values of Emiliano, the father, and how I want to be with my children. And so what I need to do is align the values I, I hold as as a human being, as a father, as a husband, and then that needs to go and connect within my salon. So, you know, family number one, stillness, reflection, they're two key words that have come out of these past four months that I would never have thought that that's one of our core values of our company, of me as a human being, but that's what has kept me so positive. Connection. Connection has always been something very important, whether it's connecting with my children, whether it's connecting with my wife, with my team, with my clients, with my community. Renewal. When you're still and when you reflect, you're able to renew because you need to be, you need to have that energy. You need to have a, a really focused, positive mindset that anything is possible, that, you know, like, you know, that that positive voice has to be so much stronger than that negative voice because that negative voice, it doesn't go away. Every idea that I have, I've got that negative voice in my head, you know, and contribution is very, very important. So, you know, we, again, family, stillness, reflection, connection, renewal, contribution, innovation is something that's just popped up and that's going to be the key driver in coming out of this moment that we're now living. And we can innovate, we can reimagine, we can recreate. So whatever it is that we haven't liked, we're closed for four weeks, five weeks, whatever it is, you know, imagine, reimagine the future. Not even imagine, reimagine. And it's a word that you've brought up and 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 has now become one of the most important values for me, Anthony, and it's a word uplifting, because I never, I never checked on that. So every word that I say, you know, I'm, and obviously not every word, because you know some words slip out. Um, however, if I'm going to write something, is that going to be uplifting? If I'm going to say something, if I, am I just going to run a meeting with my team and for the sake of verbal diarrhea and it means nothing and it just says something or am I going to say something that the meeting closes and we all feel uplifted and we've contributed and we're more connected. So that's what values is meaning to me. And you know I could go on you know I could do a whole podcast on that at the moment because how strongly I feel you know you've really opened up my eyes a lot recently because I've started in in these last four weeks I've literally realized that my human values and and my values as a company are not actually connected to my product partners how have i how on earth have i let that happen yeah you know, i have and that's the way it is i love don't get me wrong i love the people that i i love the people that work for these for my product partners however that's my next thing that i'm going to visit because i think to myself okay what kind of father am I going to be? What values do I have as a father? They have to correlate with the values that I have as a business. And if I'm not in alignment with my product partners, then what am I telling my children? That it's okay to have values at home, And but when you get into the workplace, it's a different story. And one other thing, another thing, Anthony, is sustainability. It's not just sustainability in, in the way that the world sees it in terms of recycling and things like that sustainability is the sustainability of business the sustainability of human contact the sustainability of you and your spirit and you as a person the sustainability of your goals the sustainability of everything that we stand for as a human being yeah, I think that,
0: um, you know, with this time that we're going through now, we're all over the world. You know, many salons have, have been forced to shut. Um, and, and I know some, depending on the countries you're in, some of them are still open. But, you know, when there's this uh, enforced sort of shutdown, there's inevitably a lot of time for some people to be sat around at home. And once they've got on top of a few domestic chores, you know, um, that there's there's inevitably going to be some... Reflection and it's a great time to think and to um, reassess your values and things. Whether at a at a salon level, at a personal level, um, in terms of the brand alliances that you have, that's a, a really good you know point point that you brought up there. Um, you also touched on something where you said how. Your values have changed over the years, and you know neither of us are twenty-five anymore. And and I get that as well. That you know when I was, you know when I was uh, before I had children, you know what my values were professionally were about working hard and doing shows and taking photographs and, and you know doing model nights and training. I mean I I lived it and slept. Hairdressing, so to speak, but then you know when you get a bit older and you you have a family, and then your values start to change, and some people find that really difficult to deal with in terms of finding that balance with their business and still growing and having a successful salon business. Now, I know that you've got a young family, uh, a very young family. Uh, congratulations! You know, um, how do you? Um, or how have you dealt with those transitions? Because I know you've been very active in um, you know, doing photographic work and entering competitions and doing you know, shows and seminars all over the world, not just in Sydney. Um, and, and now you've got a young family. You've had to you know, reassess what your values and priorities are. And sometimes when you do that, it's a really challenging process for people to go through and come out the other end of it feeling positive. So. I hope that's not too long-winded. It's not really a question. It's more a talk to us about that. How's that how, how have you dealt with yeah. that?
1: Um, it's been the hardest and easiest thing that I've ever had to do. And let, let, let's start with the birth of my first daughter. When, when she was born, it shifted everything because all of a sudden I just, when I went back to the salon the first day after my daughter was born, And I looked at the eight girls in my salon, eight women in my salon. I thought to myself instantly at that moment, that is somebody else's daughter. So I completely stopped looking at all of my team members as just, you know, machines that are there to come and do a job. And and exactly what you said, you know, model night, training night. You know, this is we're a well-oiled machine. You're on my bus, or you get off the bus. That's how I was before. I was very focused. I knew what I wanted to do. We, Lisa and I knew what we wanted to do with our company, with our business, and it was just like it was a machine. Then all of a sudden, it was the human side came out, and and we shifted tremendously. You know, we we a lot of our team uh, changed at that time as well because some people didn't like the the, the new me, which was a lot more flexible. Let me actually. This word flexibility is being thrown around a lot, and I just want to clarify my flexibility. I'm uncompromising on my beliefs. I'm uncompromising on the the quality of our work. I'm un- uncompromising on our product that we deliver. However, I've become so much more flexible in how we deliver it, and that's what's the, been the biggest change for me together. You know, Anthony, you know, like you, when I was a young hairdresser, it was all about, you know, being the best and 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 rising to the top and and you know doing all the biggest shows in the world, winning Australian Hairdress of the Year, winning Salon of the Year. Yeah, you know, well, we've done all that. We've done all the biggest shows. And guess what, Anthony? You know what I was doing all that time? I was running away from the person that was looking back at me in the mirror. Because what I found out in the last three years was that. I couldn't stand still and look at that person that was looking back at me in the mirror, and that's been the hardest journey i i i there was a loathing there was a self loathing there was a i always felt like I was a fraud i didn't believe i belonged i I always thought somebody's gonna find out you know that I have no idea what i'm what i'm doing and and I fought that for so long, but you know it was but I hid it. How did I hide it? I was a workaholic. I'd do all these big, big shows. I remember Anthony, the last big show that we did in London at the Royal Albert Hall. We spent six months working on it. Um, you know, we, we we put our heart and soul into it. It was so beautiful, and, and we spent so much money getting it all put together. We're sitting at the top. Our models come out. They present the music. It finishes. It was the emptiest that I'd felt in my entire. Career, and I was at the top of the mountain, man, and I just felt like empty. So at that point, I started to realize that all I've been doing all these years is trying to fill the well. But what I wasn't realizing was the the well was a never ending well. The more that I did, the emptier I got. The more that I went, the further down that I got. And all of a sudden, what start, What I what I realized through the birth of my children was it's stop running away you know i spent all these years running all around the world working overseas doing all these shows doing all these things so i never had to look in the mirror and realize that wow i'm pretty spectacular just as i am with nothing you know i'm i am a human being I'm, and i'm you know i still have my dislikes and i still have my my battles within myself but fundamentally now is like i got to show my daughter that I love myself. I've got to show that my daughter that if she wants to be better at something, you know, first of all, I teach her that she's equal. Second, I teach her that if she wants to be better at something, she just has to work harder, study harder, or train harder, and I make her repeat that to me all the time. And the other thing that I've said to her every day of her life, and I say to her in Italian, tu sei bella, which is you are beautiful. To say intelligente, you're intelligent. Tu sei importante, you're important. And remember always that mama and papa will love you always. Tanto, tanto, tanto. A lot, a lot, a lot. Now I don't know if I've even answered your question, but you said it wasn't wasn't it. But the changes in me over the time, Anthony, has been, you know, now as as a, like w- before it was all about me and what could I achieve. Climbing the mountain, winning Australian Headdress of the Year, winning all these awards, getting up on stage. But for what? For what? Now, you know what's important for me, Anthony, is that I know that I closed my salon two and a half weeks ago and I know that I can stay closed for six months and pay my team a full salary. Yeah. And still come back and I can still keep going. Yeah. you know, I, I, I don't know if you answered the question
0: or not either. I, I, I don't even know if it was <laughs> a question. Um, yes. but, but one of the things that, that I really like about, you know, what you did say uh, and, and what I really like about you, period, is that you have a vulnerability about you. And, you know, I think that it's really good to be – it's okay to be vulnerable. I mean, I, I always say that to people. I don't have to be right. You know, um, it, it, it's important. I think to be to admit that you don't have to be right, to admit that you're not always right, to admit that sometimes you don't have a bloody clue what you're doing, and that vulnerability, I don't look upon as a weakness. I look upon it as a strength because it it allows you to to let other things in. Whereas a lot of people, they're too frightened to look in the mirror. They're too frightened to ever to 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 be vulnerable, they're always trying to justify and defend as opposed to just let go and, you know, see what happens. Uh, and what happens isn't always that bad. And there's lots of good lessons that come out of that. You, you touched on something earlier. I want to re- revisit it. And it's sort of to do with that. Um, and, you know, I knew you. I've known you for the best part of 30 years. And um, both of us have... have uh, You know, been in business a long time. Uh, Both of us are really honest about the fact that business has not always been good. And it's not always been easy. And, and in fact, I'll go as far as to say anyone who says that their business has always been a roaring success will lie about other things as well because <laughs> there is no one whose business has always been a roaring success. And, and I think that people learn from their mistakes. So what I'm, what I'm leading to is, and I'm sure as hell learnt from mine the hard way, and what I'm, what I'm sort of leading to here is this. You mentioned before that you had a, a salon in, a, in an area in Sydney, Double Bay, which as you alluded to is the Beverly Hills, I suppose, of of uh, of, um, of Sydney, and that it's an affluent area. Um, and what you said was that you eventually, after eight years, closed up that salon uh, and walked away with your tail between your legs, you know, um, $80,000 uh, in debt. Um and, and with your pride really battered. What you didn't say is that you were a very young man at the time. The fact that you even did that was a huge step up. But, but then you relocated from there to another area in Sydney, back where, where you, I think, where you came from, where you lived. Um, yeah. And you've now gone and built this extraordinarily successful business and you've done very well for yourself. So what I'm, what I'm asking you, I suppose, is this. Between walking away... From a business that that nearly ruined you. Um, what were the lessons that you learned? Because that's where there must have been, you know, some inward-looking, hard questions that were asked, not just beating yourself up, but going, okay, what do I learn from that? A, B, and C, you know, because whatever A, B, and C was, you've learned it and you've gone on and built a very successful business, become a very successful hairdresser. So, so can you talk to us about the lessons that you learnt um, through, you didn't go bust, but, you know, through what you perceived as failure and having to close the doors and with a huge debt around your neck after having been working six, seven days a week, you know, 70, 80 hours a week, to walk away from that, that feels like failure, but you came back at it bigger and better. What happened? What was the shift?
1: um, I took ownership. Uh, the, The very first salon was everybody else's fault. It was the client's fault. It was the guy that I bought the salons fault. It was the rep that walked in the doors fault. It was it, everybody but me. It was my staff's fault. My staff left. My staff stole from me. They stole the, that. Like it was everybody else's fault. Man, if I was working there, I would have stolen from me as well because I was I was <laughs> terrible at everything. You know, it's like I had no idea what I was doing, Anthony. I was just this young kid with an ego, just wanting to set the world on fire. So when I closed, I realized that the, 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 the problem was me. I had no idea. I had no clear picture. I, I didn't have a vision for my life. And it was just about, you know, I just wanted to be famous. That was it. You know, it was. I just thank God that Instagram and Facebook wasn't around then because there'd be a lot of things that I regretted. Um, I would have been posting very different things back then. But, you know, it was a shift that happening, it happened to me. See, I, Anthony, I used to have – everybody says you've got to have plan B, plan C, plan D, you know, A, B, C, D. I, to me, that's a, that's a crock of shit, Anthony. You know, to me, you have one plan. You have plan A you put all your eggs in that one basket. If it doesn't work, you make another plan A and throw all the eggs into that basket. If that doesn't work, you get another plan A and you throw all the eggs. Where I used to make mistakes is I'd have a plan B and plan C. Well, what if that happened? And so what I realised is you cannot, you cannot, you, you, you've got to just stay on your road and and just and stay on your road. Don't look at what anybody else is doing because this is what happens. I haven't looked at social media for a couple of days. I haven't watched the news for a couple of days. I cleaned my garage today, and you know what? I had a great day with my wife. My garage is clean. I had a great day with my kids when they came over. A friend of mine dropped off some some, some Lebanese food. Today was a great day. The world is in chaos, Anthony, but my world is perfect so what i the biggest lesson that i learned anthony is there's one basket with plan a and it's my road and nobody else's road and i I go through life with blinkers people say but you could miss out on so much and it's like no i the life that i'm living is perfect somebody i remember somebody asking me how do i stay motivated anthony i'm looking at this my big wall here at the moment right And I imagine that wall is my life. How do I want my life to look? So for for your listeners, for everybody that's listening out there, imagine a portrait. So we're talking about the portrait of your life. How does that portrait look? Now, we think to ourselves, okay, well, our portrait's like that. Our portrait, there's a lot of yellow. You wake up in the morning, you wake up in the morning, you realize you've got no yellow. You've got no paintbrushes. You, so what are you going to do? Are we going to wake up and we're going to think to ourselves, today I can't paint because I haven't got my favorite color and I haven't got the the, the the color that I need? Well, guess what, guys? Also in the painting of your life, there's troughs and there's valleys. There's highs and there's lows. There's dark and there's light. So find a little bit of black. Find a little bit of mud. Paint with your fingers. Paint with your toes. And what I started to realize was, okay. Today, all I can paint is that corner and it's black and I use my fingers. Tomorrow, I wake up, I use a little bit more. Before we know it, as long as we know what that picture of our life is, we wake up and we're motivated to paint. And before we realise, as long as we're on our road, as long as we're painting our picture, one day we wake up and we, we, we wake up and we find ourselves with every single colour of the palette with all these different paintbrushes and we're painting the portrait of our life. And that's where I found myself. I don't even know what I'm answering there, Anthony. I think it's the biggest lesson. So what it is is really is what was the lesson? No plan Bs. Have my roads. Everything's in my basket. Look at the portrait of my life and start painting my portrait with whatever I have. I never wake up, Anthony. And think, I can't do this, I can't paint today. Mm. Every day I paint, mate, you yeah, know, yeah. And, and today it's mm. always something to paint, there's always something to do. And You know, I just, life's too precious, man. You know, it's like, Anthony, your life's, yeah, I won't go down that life's too precious one, but yeah. it is, man. You, you um
0: have become very, you become successful financially, which a lot of salon owners never managed to do you've got money in the bank, you've got a nice house, you, you, know, you play golf during the week, you, you know, you, you've got a good life here, you've got a good balance. Um, what are some of the financial lessons that you can share with people? What are the, the most important financial lessons that you've got about running a salon? Two or three key bullet points that you're saying to people, if you're going to master something, you need to master this, this, and this from a financial perspective?
1: Uh, first thing is put your prices up. Very, the very first thing, put your prices up. And I tell you why, and, and, and I can't take credit for this. It was Robert Chromium's that lit a fire up my ass, okay, and this is what it was. If you put your prices up, right, what happens is you have to give more of yourself. You have to love more. So what happens is you have to be better. So, say for example, for all of us, whoever we are, anywhere, you live in a village, find the most expensive hairdresser in that village, put your prices up higher than that person. Then, what you've got to do is you've got to become better than that person. You've got to give, deliver a better product than that person. And you've got to deliver a better experience than that person. So, everything that you're doing, and, and guys, I'm not saying being 100% better or 10% better. You can be 1% better and instantly you're at that level. So, all of a sudden, even though you're putting your prices up, you're not expensive. Because the key is, and this is my goal, Anthony. My goal is to be cheap. Because if I'm cheap, I know I'm giving value for money. So if a new client comes into me and pays two hundred and twenty-five dollars or two hundred and fifty dollars, I think I am now. If, if, as long as I give the the value and the experience and the environment and everything. I deliver to that number, I'm cheap. I am giving that client value for money. So that's first and foremost, you have to charge the right amount. By charging the right amount, you have to be better. You just have to become smarter, you have to become more successful, you have to have a better environment, you have to have better cups, you have to have better scissors, you have to have better products, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, that's that's one. The other thing is don't listen to your accountant (laughs) <laughs> That's a very, very important thing, okay? Do not listen to your accountant what, and learn what your money is. You have to know, like, I, I, I'm, I'm not going to lie, Anthony. I'm not going to lie. I have no idea exactly how much it costs me to run my myself. I don't know. But what I do know is when my bank balance is in the red and when my bank balance is in, I call it the green, the green, I don't have black and red. I have green and red. Red is I've got to stay the F away from that, and green is I'm going. And that's very important for me. I, I will not allow myself, Anthony, to ever be in a position where I've got less than $100,000 in my business account. Uh, I will never allow that. I am fortunate that I have. Well, that's an important uh, thing, and these times
0: have shown that more than ever, that businesses need a buffer. And so many salons, they're not businesses, they're hobbies. And there is no buffer. And it's, I've been running around the planet for years telling people that one of the single biggest reasons that businesses go bust is that they're undercapitalized. And most people look at me as if to say, well, what do you mean? And it's like, well, you know, most people are sort of, you know, three paychecks or, you know, a, a week away from going bust. And that's what this is showing more than anything, that when you turn off the tap, when you turn off the cash flow, that the salon industry by and large is absolutely being hammered because – they don't have that luxury of having a, um, a contingency plan. They don't have a financial buffer to fall back on so that they can pay the rent, pay the staff, pay the overheads for, say, three months. And as a, as a general uh, or as a generalization, that's what I say to people you should have. You should have three months' worth of, of money put away in an account for when those things happen because, you know, okay, this one people go, well, yeah, but you're only going to have, you know, a, a, a pandemic like coronavirus in your lifetime, and it's like, well, you live in Australia. Uh, what did you just have at Christmas time? You had some of the worst. Yeah, we're, so we've had. The so yeah, so we've. You know. So, yeah, so you have fires. It. You have floods. You have all over the world. You have terrorism acts. So this time it might be called, you know, a coronavirus. But it, these things come in many forms, including personal things. You know, what, what yeah. if you have a sudden health issue? You know where you can't work and run your business. Do you have a fallback position? So, you know, where I know that when you say you should never have less than a hundred thousand on 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 you know hand at the bank, I know that you mean that, and that's not showing off or anything. That's just good simple business practice. And there's very few salons in our industry that can say, yeah, I've checked that box too. Most of them are running on empty all the time. And if one, if one thing that's come out of this uh, can be positive, it will be to highlight that and that hopefully salons will look at their businesses in different ways and realize that they need to get on top of them from a financial perspective. So anyway, uh, that, I was asking yeah, you the question. Yeah, yeah. so, so I want to go back to your second question. You said don't listen yeah, yeah. to your accountant. Uh, yeah,
1: yeah. Why, why are you saying don't listen to your accountant? Because your accountant is, is, is all about balancing your books. You know, it, it, that's, that's what it is. It's like um, they talk, you know, they, they talk in, in words that I, I don't understand. I want to see colours. I want to see uh, I, the only numbers I want to see is, is numbers in my bank account. Yeah, that, that's all I want to see. So, you know, so if I said to my accountant, for example, if I charge $100 for a haircut, $15 of that is going away. And that's nobody's. That's not mine. That's not my team's. That's nobody else's. That is there for coronavirus. If I had said that twenty years ago, you know, he would have thought I was mad because it's like now you've got to, you know, you've got to show that you're turning over X amount and your wages have to be X amount and things like that. So my goal is is fifteen. So I know in my head it's not written in 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 a system or anything, but I know in my head. The first fifteen dollars, Anthony. This is where everybody's wrong, Anthony. Everybody thinks it's about the leftovers. It's the first fifteen percent. Put that away. If you put the first fifteen percent away, and then you run your business on eighty-five percent, you'll get to a position where you're where you're at, and that's how you get a hundred thousand dollars in the bank. Yeah. You know, it's like I and, and I don't pay my my people poorly. My people are, are paid really really well i'm really flexible with them i'm very generous with their commission you know it's the only ones that if if they're not earning as much as the others it's only because they're not quite at that level yet but you know in my business i'm not the highest earner you know at the end of the day and the other thing anthony is i don't live within my means i work out what my means is so what i'm trying to say there how much do i need to live so if i need ten dollars to live. I don't need to make eleven, Anthony. I'll just live with my ten dollars and happy with my ten dollars. And then if I make eleven this week, well, guess what, Anthony? It goes into that fifteen percent. So mm-hmm. I run my business on eighty-five percent of what I turn over. That's yeah. in effect what I do. So okay. I don't listen to my accountant at all. All right. So there's there's three. As long as he. As long as he doesn't, he's not going to listen to this podcast. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Okay. (laughs) Um, Right. I
0: I know we need to be sort of uh, thinking about um, wrapping up soon. And there is one... Really important subject that I want to talk about because it's another, you know, Emiliano stroke of genius. And that is this thing called the, that I'm going to call the Thank You Project. Um, do you want to tell us what the Thank You Project is? Because again, I think that it is, it, it, it's fantastic in every shape and form. So the floor's yours. Okay. So,
1: Anthony, here in Australia, what I, With the the whole coronavirus thing that's just happened is you've seen a lot of turmoil in a lot of people. I think it's all over the world. I think we've all somehow been struck with that. What's happened is, is what's been very visible here has been the closed, the ones that have closed and the ones that have opened, and the criticism and Everything in between, and it's not each other's fault. And I'm not going to throw the government under the bus because nobody's ever had to deal with this—not our leaders, not our—you know—not salon owners, nobody. So we're all we're we're all in this at the same time. However, what I noticed, Anthony, is people are coming from a place of fear. Uh, when I got, you know, when I looked at, you know, be still, reflect, renew. You know, contribution. My values and my values are all about you know giving, and part of, of right at the beginning of this, it was all about um, you know the flowers and giving that. And so, how can I give back? So, I wrote an open letter to clients in general, and I was going to do a video thanking my clients personally, of e selling clients. The, one of the great things is when you when you're successful at what you do and you reach a certain level, your voice is you know whether it's 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 a positive or a negative or a neutral doesn't really bother matter, but you have some sort of voice. So, you know, I've got a few friends, so I thought I, I got a little group on Facebook and I said, hey, guys, I've got this idea. I want to write a letter to clients. Do you mind if you just hold up a sign saying thank you? So this was literally a an Australian thing. And then I thought to myself, you know what, I've got a few friends in New Zealand, let, let me just reach out, and the New Zealanders the New Zealanders, and it's not because you're you're originally from there. They're the best at everything, man. They move fast. They don't muck around. They're just they're Plan A people, I think, anyway. So I asked all these Aussies to do this thing, and I asked the Kiwis two days later, within twenty four hours, every every one of my New Zealand friends had that right. So then all of a sudden, I thought I might open this up. I rang a friend of mine in Hong Kong. His name is Sam Han. I said, Sam, listen, I'm doing this little project. Do you mind? You know, I just, I I want to extend that. And then Sam said to me, oh, is it for the the frontline workers, the first responders? And I said, yeah, yeah, Sam, yeah, that's what it's for. And it was just like, no, it wasn't. It was for clients. So all of a sudden it was like, okay, that's what it should be. So then I reached out to a few friends of mine in the UK. I reached out to Sally Brooks and Jamie Brooks, and then I reached out to Ruth Hunsley. I woke up and Ruth, Ruth really got behind it 100%, as has Sally. And all of a sudden, the next morning in my Dropbox, I've got all these photos of all these people that have doing, you know, thank you signs, you know, for, you know, All, you know, Sally and Jamie, uh, Errol, um, uh, Hooker and Young, um, Akin, Angelo, you know, like all these people. And it's just like, okay, let's expand it. So let's see if we can get it as many countries as, as, as we can. I honestly, Anthony, I started the idea was a letter to clients, get this friend of mine to do, to edit it into a little video. As we speak now, I'm about 33 countries with about 140 photos. And it's like, wow. And the statement hasn't changed. The intention of the statement has not changed. The statement has expanded. The intention is this. The intention is connection. The intention is we are a global family. We are grateful. We are thankful for what we are living. We are thankful for what we are doing. We are thankful for this time that we have. I want to be remembered, Anthony, and I said this to my wife. One day when I'm gone, my grandchildren are going to say to my wife, Nonna, what was Nonna like when this happened? And my wife, I hope. And what I'm trying to do is my wife is going to turn around and say to their grandkids, your nonno, he connected people, he looked after people, he made fe- people feel good. And, Anthony, when we say our values, I spent a long time not liking myself but really wanting to love myself. And I believe every human being, they love themselves. We all love ourselves. The problem is sometimes it's only we love ourselves a little bit and That's what this project is. It's, you know, forget about blaming other people. Stop looking at other people and blaming. We are beautiful, magnificent as we are. And this project is really, Anthony, it's probably that little kid, that little Italian kid, you know, in a a suburban shopping centre just wanting to be somebody and just wanting to have a voice. And that's, I, that's what I think it is, and maybe on, on a different level it's just me saying thank you to every hairdresser in the world for inspiring me and, and being that person that I wanted to be. Maybe that's what it is on a subliminal level. I actually just realised that's probably what it fucking is. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. Okay. Wow. How, wow. can,
0: how, how can I uh, how can I start to wind up after that that was uh, that was that was quite beautiful to be sat here. Um, our audience obviously can't see you, but they can hear you. I can see you as well on Zoom here. Uh, but that was beautifully expressed. Uh, the end result of it, for anyone who isn't sure, is that Emiliano has now got uh, uh, somewhere between 140, and um, I know I've put some more in there as well, and there are more coming, 140-plus uh, individuals holding up a sign that they have written on with the word, thank you. And it's written in different languages. Some people are obviously English. Some people are, uh, are Italian, Spanish, Chinese, Japanese. And so the goal is, is that the more of these that you get, and you've almost got enough, I'm going to suggest, um, from, uh, 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 did you say 30 different countries? 32, I think, is the number, yeah. Right, from 32 different countries with just the word thank you written on it. Now, uh, today is the 8th. And this podcast will go out on the uh, uh, Tuesday, the 14th of April. If someone is listening to this and they wanted to write on it, I mean, we're not talking about graphic design here. We're talking about get a piece of photocopy paper out and and a, a, a marker pen and write on it, thank you, in English or whatever language. Have a bit of fun with it. Do it by yourself. Do it with your girlfriend, boyfriend, husband, wife, children, you know, whatever and hold it up and get someone to take a photograph on their iPhone or whatever and to send it into you or to put it into a Dropbox link
1: is it too yeah. late for them to do that well, no no it would, be, loop, it, it would be great if they can do it it would be great it, it might be too late but it might just expand the project as well anthony you know it's they can you know what they can do is they'll find me on the easiest way to do is messenger uh, emiliano vitali um, on facebook Um, or even e-salon hair Australia. Um,
0: It's it's important also, I was thinking about this before, a lot of, especially our American audience, uh, when they hear the word e-salon, they don't think of your salon. They think of the uh, home hair colouring product. So it's really important that people... Uh, realize that this has got nothing to do with e-salon. E-salon is Emiliano's Salon, which happens to be called eSalon, which has existed a long time before the home hair coloring product. But that's another story for another podcast. Yeah. Uh, So if someone wants to do that and send you a photograph, you're saying send it to you on Messenger.
1: And yeah, on Messenger and, and, and on Landscape, because Messenger, it'll still come up with the right resolution. Right. You know, it doesn't need to be too big, maybe 1.5 megabytes, one megabyte, okay. um, and they can send it either to eSalon uh, Facebook page or my private page, which is Emiliano Vitali. And how do they spell Vitali? V for Victor, I-T-A-L-E.
0: Right. Emiliano Vitali on Messenger, uh, yeah. for anyone who wants to contribute to that. And then they are currently being turned into a movie, being put to music, and that is then going to be shared on social media channels, which will hopefully go viral. And it's a thank you to clients. It's a thank you to hairdressers. And it's also a thank you to all the first responders out there, isn't it?
1: It's actually really become all about the first responders and and, and our and our leaders. Yeah, it's Great. it's evolved incredibly, it, but it is a thank you to everybody. And yeah. but it's a thank you on behalf of our hairdressing community. Yeah. and we're thanking the people that are looking after us. Yeah, cool. I think that there are a lot of unsung
0: heroes that always have been in, in the medical industry, all those doctors and nurses that uh, all over the world are going to, to work every day and some of them not coming home. Um, yeah. They're They're proper heroes. You know what I mean? We sometimes I talk agree. about musicians and, and, and footballers and stuff as being heroes. No, we're now talking about proper heroes. And, and on that note as well, it's not just them. I also look at the people in the supermarket that are turning up yeah. every day and stocking those shelves and manning the cash registers. I think that all the essential services that are going on out there, uh, we should never uh, take for granted and remember to thank them. And so... Unfortunately, I need to wrap up. We um, have uh, had a great conversation. I hope that the audience have enjoyed this every bit as much as what I have. I'm sure they have. Uh, I would imagine there might have been a few tears rolling down people's cheeks at different times as well. So uh, I did warn you. Uh, if you are listening to this podcast with Emiliano Vitali and you've enjoyed it, then please do me a favor. Take a screenshot on your phone and share it to your Instagram stories. Um, I will put any um, other uh, website address, etc., for Emiliano into the show notes. It'll be on my website. Emiliano, what's your Instagram account? How can people connect with you on uh, Instagram?
1: E-Salon Hair, E-S-A-L-O-N Hair. Right, so they can DM you on that, yeah? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Right. And, I also- I
0: Fa- and Facebook's are the same, E-Salon Hair. Great. Okay. And I also suggest that people check out your new website. Uh, it's a beautiful website. I had a look at it yesterday. I think you've done a fantastic job of it like you do with absolutely everything. So uh, Emiliano you. Vitali, thank you so much for being on the grow my salon business podcast. It's been an absolute pleasure sharing
1: the last um, hour with you. So thank you. Thank you, Anthony. It's uh it really is, you know, to call you my friend, mate, It it is a massive honor and uh I just thank you for inspiring me for the last 30 years, mate. God bless you. Thank you. Cheers, man. Thank you
0: for listening to today's podcast. If you'd like to connect with us, you'll find us at growmysalonbusiness.com or on Facebook and Instagram at growmysalonbusiness. And if you enjoyed tuning into our podcast, make sure that you subscribe, like, and share it with your friends. Until next time, this is Anthony Whitaker, wishing you continued success.